talking, but only one station's giving the insight. Inspiration. 92.3 FM. Welcome to another Sunday's programming of Wellness Half Hour. As always, Dr. Patrick Ejoa, delighted to be one of your hosts, one of the privileged few who talk to you about our health from a perspective that gives reverence to the source of our being. In that statement, we emphasize every week that there's a perfection in his creation. You go to bed, your heart beats all night, you're awake. Who was beating the heart? There's a system in place that already works. There is a system in place that already works. You pour a small seed in the ground, put some water, disappear, come back in a few weeks, it's growing. And if you give it long enough, it will have seeds and fruits and leaves. There's already a perfect system within us, internally, in the body, and even in our external environment. And that ties into every aspect of our lives, including this concept of family. He designed union, man and woman, into one. He created mankind. Took dust and blew life into it. This month, next three to four Sundays, we're going to explore an aspect of our wellness, the family, the challenges it's facing, the attempts to redefine it, and the insidious ways in which attempts have been made to just create dysfunction at all levels. And we have several guests with us over the next four, four weeks. Today we have two guests with us here in the studio. Is somebody who is not new to our listeners. Good afternoon, Mary Ikemeze. Good afternoon, Dr. Jowery. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. This lady radiates energy. She walks into a room and you can feel the energy in that room just change. She has it. Her smile just is the icing on the cake. And on the phone, we have... Well, actually, let me back up a moment. Mary is, and she's, let me say lawyer, but she's more than just a lawyer, which we'll explain later. <laughs> On the phone, we have a school administrator, a youth mentor. She's a writer, she's a publisher, Halima Ali Bankole. Good afternoon, Halima. Yeah, good afternoon. <laughs> All right. I know both of you are with the foundation, well, I'll have the Foundation of African Cultural Heritage, F-A-C-H. So, first of all, just break it down. Tell us about the foundation. Then let's define this thing called family. And then let's go into the meat of the next four weeks' journey on the Wellness Half Hour. Good afternoon, Mary. Let's Good afternoon. So, the Foundation for African Cultural Heritage is um, a coalition of several NGOs um, and, and, and individuals who are interested in ensuring that we have a holistic sort of development in terms of... Um, Enhancing the dignity, the rights, and integral development of Africans by promoting and protecting the values, qualities, and traditions that serve the common good of the African family. So it's very important that, you know, we're not just copying. And that, that seems to be all we're doing now, copying from the West um, without evaluating what we're copying. Does it make any sense? Does it, sit, does it sit well with our value system? 
does even enhance um, our development as a people and as a continent. Um, and so that's what we're looking at. Uh, so the focus is on the family and on life. So we believe and we, and that's our advocacy, that life is precious from conception to natural death. Um, at no point in time do you have the right to take life. Um, we also believe that the family is right there at the center of um, civilization, the bedrock. And so every effort should be channeled towards protecting it. But the question right now, given all of the things we're seeing, is what is the family? What <laughs> is the family? That's the question. Um, so the family really is father, mother, and children. If God blesses them with children or they adopt children, right? Um, what we are seeing now, though, and this has been driven largely from the West and, and a lot of um, funding available, billions of dollars actually available for this social experiment, is that they're looking to redefine the family to being anything you want it to be. Um, father, father, and a child, usually conceived by surrogacy, depriving, depriving the child of the right to know their, their mom. Um, mother, mother... And then, you know, get a, get a child again, usually again, surrogacy or polandry, two men, one woman, three men, one woman, all sorts of, um, what's the word? I would say all sorts of crazies. I'm sorry to say all sorts of crazies is what we're seeing today. And they are, um, and they've been trying to sort of push this for a long time. Um, and this social engineering project has been going on for a long, long time. If you're paying attention, the first thing they've succeeded in doing very well is average family size in Africa, you rarely see large families anymore. That's a, almost a thing of the past. But 40 years ago, 30 years ago, that was very common. But the change has happened already. Um, and because of the challenges they have seen, because again, Africans generally are um, culturally sort of attuned with their culture. And we're also very religious people. And we also sort of pay attention to social shaman, actually. We do pay attention to that. Um, they realize that it's going to be really difficult to change this, um, to implement the social engineering on the scale on which they're looking to make it happen. And so what's the easiest way? Change the value system of our children. Introduce it in schools. And that's what we're looking at right now. Change the value system of the children, which they ought to obtain from the family. Eleon, you mentioned two words that struck a chord. The African family. Let's take that a little further. And maybe Halima can come in here. The, what is peculiar to the African family? Is anything peculiar to the African family? Yeah. So the African family is a family that uh, culturally we have, a, we have a unique way of upbringing of the child. Like we have a compound setting whereby it's not the nucleus and family that is responsible for the upbringing of the child. So like the entire size then was, it was like the African family was much bigger than the biological family. And we say much bigger than the biological family. It didn't take away the, uh, what they call the closeness, the close-knit relationship and responsibility that exists in the nuclear family. So the larger family, the society then, we all had the same values. We had you know, the same, you know, we all had the, 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 a common vision of what is right. So this um, traditional African family system, the civilization affected us. 
But rather than for the African families to begin to realize that now that civilization has come in, we can't continue to do things like we used to do. Like how we just believe that everybody, your neighbor, everybody out there is helping you to do the right thing for your child. So, uh, along the right solution happened and then get, this gap came along. Like there were different ways that people treat or train their children on the issues of sexuality. You understand? They didn't have to say much. They didn't have to be. They didn't have to really be much. People, the student would just observe. You know, you just observe in a society that people are not male, females are not angry in corners. This is how things are done and the like. So the Westerners and the people behind the comprehensive sexuality education observed this gap. The fact that we have not migrated properly, like the fact that civilization is here, it shouldn't eat into that beautiful African value and still everything that is um, pride, uh, pride of morality and all of the like. So they saw that gap, that we were not doing much for our girl child. They were now, um, not only the girl child, our children, basically, they, they didn't have, we as the parents, as a family, we were not we were no longer the first cause, which we should rightfully be, the first introduction to sexuality education. Because as parents, we know what is safe. We will choose our work carefully. I will not unnecessarily expose our children to things that are harmful to them. So um, this Africanity is part of what is responsible for the problem of this um, comprehensive sexuality education. Noticing the gap and then we were not aware. So that is why stuck now. The foundation of sexual heritage. to increase the awareness to part of what we want to do to increase the awareness to parents, the African family, that that system we were depending on before whereby the village assists us in in um, in the sexuality education of children, we didn't have to say things. It has created a problem. There's a um, strange western value now that is trying to them harmful things under the guise of knowledge. And so that is why we are raising awareness about this problem that is existing. And the problem is the comprehensive sexuality. One of the problems is the comprehensive sexuality education. Okay. Halima, you've raised several points. And a listener who is unfamiliar with some of these concepts or some of the things you've mentioned will probably taken several notes, like myself. I've written at least six points here. You talked about the common vision of what is right as a bedrock of the African family. That's one point. We've talked about civilization. We must define that. What is civilization? We, we talked about the training of our children in sexuality, that there was a way the village did it where the parents didn't have to speak. That's another issue we'll talk about. Is it Was that right? Was it incorrect? Or what did it differ in African societies? Let's say in Senegal versus in, in, in Kenya. Um, then you've hit on several times that word, GAP, the gap, which is allowing the quote unquote other folks to come in now and create um, yama yama inside our soup. Um, okay, let's come to the first common vision of what is right. Let's understand this a bit further. What is a common vision of what is right? Right, Mary, help us out here. And so we we there is there is objective reality and there's objective good and bad. 
um, rape is always bad. Mother is always bad. Abortion is always bad. Um, what's it called again? What I say? Sexual abuse is always bad. So the, the very objective things that are you know clearly bad. Um, abuse of spouses is always bad. What has, however, happened right now? What we're saying is what I call a false dichotomy. What we are looking to separate um, under the guise of separating the law from morality and under the guise of separating the private life from the public, we are looking to um, allow deviant behaviors rise and be treated on the same level as good things. And so we're having people advocate for intentional single motherhood. Forgetting that the child does best in the context of a home where the parents are married. Best is the word. That is what is in the best interest of a child. Now, of course, I mean, when a woman, I mean, let's say one of the parents is diseased and it is what it is. Um, if for any instance, the, the, it was a child born out of wedlock and then, you know, grandparents came in. Those were exceptions to the rule. But what we're, what we're seeing today is that there is a concerted effort to destroy that common vision of right is right, wrong is wrong, and elevate exceptions as alternatives that are on the same level as what is right. That is the challenge with what is going on now. That is what is driving the LGBT movement. That is what is driving the comprehensive sexuality education. That is what is driving, um, oh, sorry to say, the side chick syndrome, which is terrible, actually. It's actually really horrific. Um, that is also what is driving the fact that people almost no longer have um, fear of God or even respect for the institution of marriage. And they do things that they have no business doing because we are creating a dichotomy between, oh, that's my private life. I can do as I wish. But that private life right there is affecting the society. We're seeing every day, unless we're lying to ourselves, the effect of the destruction of the common vision of there is a way to be, there is right and there is wrong. And so what we, what we I think, we sort of failed to do was, and which was what Ahilema was alluding to, the gap, was that we didn't quite articulate, both in policy and in law, the values that were important to us. We didn't quite put them down, you know, clearly up front so that whenever we were engaging with a third party from whatever nation or whatever institution, we already had our common vision articulated in law and policy, and that would be the framework from which to sort of have a conversation. And I'll digress a bit here. I'm not sure all of us know, but right now they're currently um, negotiating the EU ACP agreement. It's known as the Cotonou Agreement. It's supposed to be a framework between um, the European Union and African countries to sort of provide a framework through which Europe would help us. Uh, so they say... Um, I had the fortune of reading, of doing a skim, just, a, 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 just um, a very quick read. I was looking for the word sexual. That word was used 10 times in a document dealing with trade financially, they said, trade finance. And in all of the contexts where they used it, it was a deliberate looking for ways to um, introduce in all African countries, all African countries, behaviors that are not either for the good of the family or even for the girl child or even for women in particular. 
Because all of this sexual revolution, I'm free and all of that is exacerbating the objectiv objectivization of women. Women are not objects. We're, you know, we're special beings. Um, and, and that is the problem. So I was very pleased yesterday when I was watching some of the recordings from the um, negotiations between the Africans who were, ne who were representing Africa, the gentleman from Uganda. The, he's the deputy um, speaker of a, of a parliament and Uganda said, well, you see this, your LGBT rights will never, they're not human rights, will never be accepted in, in my country, in Africa. We need to renegotiate this document. But we are aware also that some people are selling now because there is money to be made. All right, let's... Who and what is behind this CSE? I mean, we hear, we hear about the West, we hear about they, we hear about... <laughs> They are coming. Who are these people? Who and what is behind CSE? Um, Halima, can you help us with this one? Okay, so CSE stands for Comprehensive Sexuality Education. So, um, Comprehensive Sexuality Education is um, under uh, the big umbrella of SRHR, that is Sexual Reproductive Health Rights. So, this Sexual Reproductive Health Rights, anything else you write, attractive like freedom fighting or fighting for justice. So CSE is facing under a comfortable umbrella of rights, sexual and reproductive health rights. Under that SRHR rights, we also have the LGBT movement. We have the safe abortion in quote safe abortion. We also have the adolescent um uptake of modern contraceptives. So these four terrible things are under SRHR. So, but tomorrow you going to CSE that you asked about, Comprehensive Sexuality Education, is a very harmful graphic education that is not age appropriate. The content of the curriculum has gone through with some parts of it. It's because um, particular curriculum requires the technical guidance on sexuality education. That's the one that is the universal document all over the world. So from the content, you will see that there is absence of moral beliefs because if you have a curriculum that says from children from nine years old to be taught about the functions of reproductive organs, and this function of reproductive organs is actually saying, telling out all the parts, this is the penis, the vagina, this is how it comes out to do with sex, and this is semen, and in fact, the old graphic stuff. The other part of your question, who is behind it? Yeah. So I believe that as anything that has to do with education, the custodians of education in Nigeria is the Federal Ministry of Education. And rolled out the, this year with under the NERDC, they are in the they are the research department in charge of curriculum basically. NADEC is specifically in charge of the curriculum, but they are, you know, um responsible to all they are under the Ministry of Education generally. And from the documents, from UNESCO documents we've seen online, we can see that UNESCO is giving advice and support to NADEC to create this document. In Nigeria, the CSE um, document, um, curriculum is called SLHE, Family Life HIV Education. Okay. All right. We're going to take a brief break here, and then we'll come back, open the lines, and talk a bit further about who they are, Civilization and the Gap. 
one hit after another on Inspiration 92.3 FM Lagos. Grace Through Amazing Foundation, publishers of the word for today, invites you to its 18th annual special prayer retreat tagged Breaking the Power of Addiction and Hindrances to Prayer. It comes up on Saturday, December 3, 2022 at RCCG Redemption Pavilion Parish, Plot 295 Gideo Key Street, off Legalia Yorinde Street, Victoria Island, Lagos. Time, 10 a.m. prompt. Ministering, Pastor K.G. Hamilton, Senior Pastor of the Tabernacle of Prayer Global Ministries, and Dr. Oke Onuzo, President, LifeLink Worldwide Ministries, also featuring Iron Jesu Band and RCCG Pavilion Voices to lift up the atmosphere with dancing to the Lord. Come and join us in a time of joyful celebration, giving praise and thanks to the Lord for sparing our lives in the outgoing year and seeking His face for the coming year. For more info and inquiries, please call 0812-800-0068. Grace. Amazing Foundation. The fatality rate for stroke is nearly 50%. Most of these fatalities could be avoided if we all knew the signs. When it comes to a stroke, you must act fast. To identify a victim of a stroke, use the fast signals. Look out for F. One side of the face is drooping. A. Check for weakness in the arm. S. Check whether the victim has difficulty speaking. T. That's when you know it's time to seek medical attention. You can save a life when you look for these signs. Be observant. Be efficient. Be fast. This message is brought to you by your number one family radio. Inspiration 92.3 FM. Edge. Now on the Breakfast Jam at 5 a.m. Every weekday, you bring the talk, we bring the mic. The Edge. Your time, your voice. You can get the best jingles, the best jingles, audio demo for programs, pipes, and announcements. All of this and more too. All, all at the Amazing Grace Plaza Production Studio. Sounds like fun! Give me an address. Fourth floor, 2E to 4E, Amazing Grace Plaza, Legali and Streets, VI. VI. We offer competitive rates on bookings, unique voiceover artists, conducive ambience, experienced studio, and sound engineers. Quality and unique production on all materials. What are you waiting for? Check it out today. The Amazing Grace Plaza Production Studio. For bookings, call 01-277-0924. You got that? Yeah. Yes. Inspiration. 92.3 FM. Wellness Half Hour. We're discussing the family. The wellness of the family in its detail, in all the members of the family. We've come from the African family perspective. On this journey with the Foundation for, of our African Culture, F-A-C-H, you're going to learn some basic truths about who we are as a people and some of the differences that are existing at least across the, the Atlantic or wherever. Why are certain people, certain thoughts, agendas coming in 
and trying to influence us directly and indirectly. Why? What's their interest in changing our value system? What's their interest in creating this new structural family? When we've had a very successful system of family, ex nuclear, extended, maybe even from the biblical perspective, very st stable. So, just bear with us this next four weeks. It's a lot for us to learn, so we fully grasp some of the things we see in the newspaper. And when people like Mary and Halima, you hear them on the news and they're at conferences that are international conferences and they're disagreeing or they're part of a larger block, you have some insight into what is going on. There's a very, let me use the word Luciferous agenda. Demonic. <laughs> okay. So if you don't catch it all with this, just listen to us over the next four weeks. You'll have your, have your notes, your pen and paper <laughs> nearby as I do and take notes and then we'll open the lines for questions. As we will, I think we have about two minutes. Two minutes to go. Uh, five minutes to go. If you have questions, you can send it to us via on WhatsApp or call it in. The number is zero seven zero zero nine two three nine two three nine two three. WhatsApp zero eight one seven three one three six one nine three zero eight one seven three one three six one nine three. It's a journey for the next four weeks to understand the larger attempt to really undermine who we are as Africans. And there I say spiritually, culturally, and even the ability to, to own our own, have our own sovereign, to be different, to be, I mean, to create our own laws and our own societies. This is really deep, folks, and it goes down to the wellness of every single one of us. Okay. So you've learned a few terms. You've learned about CSE, you've learned about FACH. Let's, you mentioned the gap earlier. Let's touch briefly on this word gap. And then, if we have some time, we'll come back to why, well, why we should be concerned. Let's go to why, why should we be concerned? Why should, we, why should we be concerned about this onslaught? So, Halima had touched briefly on some of those who are pushing this. But um, I want to, before I respond, I want to sort of expand that list. We've got the UNESCO behind this. We have WHO behind this. And this is a document you can find online. I'm not inventing the words. Just pretty much Google. You will find it. Um, we have UNPFA behind this. We have the International Planned um, Parenthood Federation behind this. Um, and we have a man who's diseased now, but on whose... Um, this CSE concept is a product of his research. Alfred Kinsey. Google him. He's the person who came up with this whole CSE ideology that has been propagated now. Now, what do all of these persons I have sort of mentioned have in common? Unfortunately, what they have in common is that they are looking in some ways to redefine how um, the family operates and what is a the family. There is a concerted effort at the UN level to redefine what is family to redefine what is human rights. And so this has trickled down into, and, the, and like I said earlier, the best way to sort of change the value system of anybody is to change the value system of the children. And education is the easiest way. Look, the kids are in school from age as early as two, maybe three, and they're in school, say they're 21 or 22 or 23. So look at that number of years. That level of both subliminal, subliminal learning going on and even some direct sort of learning 
they come out with a completely different worldview from whatever you're saying. I know how kids are. If you have kids or either yours or around you, you see how they say, oh, my teacher said this. Like the teacher is everything, right? And so these are the people who are pushing this. Why should you be concerned? I go back to Alfred Kinsey, whose um, literature informed the CSE. Alfred said children are sexual beings and are capable of orgasms. And to prove his theory, uh, and I'm sorry I'm going to offend your sensibilities, but you need to know this. He actually um, had those kids abused and had a recorder so he could record when they achieved an orgasm. And it is this depraved human person that has formed the body of literature that is being used as a basis for teaching children's sex education. How is that even remotely possible? Because the whole idea is that you get kids. Remember, the sexual urge is very strong. We get the kids early on hooked on sex. They will forever be children who will need medical attention of one sort or the other. Who gains? I leave you to figure out who gains from that. We are changing the mindsets. We're glorifying immorality. That is why you should be concerned. We're glorifying immorality. That's why you should be concerned. The wellness of the family is at stake. Our children's wellness is at stake. The data from societies where this is going on are appalling and least that you want to emulate or follow. This is why it's important. Let's get this right. And they say prevention is better than cure. Let's prevent this madness from coming in rather than trying to now go on the other side and cure it with all the pharmaceutical jargon that they're going to now throw at us in the back, through the back door. This is Wellness Half Hour. We're journeying this, this month, this next four weeks, to understand the family, its core, and what has been done to create imbalance, dysfunction in that structure, who is behind it, and what we need to do to prevent it from happening and protect our wellness as an African family. Mary, I'll say thank you. I know it's temporary because I'm sure we'll, you'll be with us again over the next three weeks. Halima, thank you also very much. This is Wellness Half Hour. Stay tuned for Sing It With Music with Uncle Sonny Irabo. Thank you. <laughs>